Welcome back to another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Bravo Cologne. Last week, we spoke about being hated for Yeshua's sake and the price that one has to pay to follow Messiah. You can listen and download your favorite episode from your favorite platform, and you can find the links to our podcast on our WordPress site. This week, we're going to look at being intentional and how it plays into our spiritual life. Being intentional. This is something that was brought to my attention a little over a year ago by a family member who I might say has done very well for herself in life. She's about a year or two older than I am. But after the most recent visit with her, I noticed that she goes about scurrying along in life with a definitive purpose and a desire to tackle the day and make the most of her God-given time here on earth. During this last visit, I had arrived at a very scary but honest conclusion about my own life and my situation. I took a real long, hard look at myself and I asked, what purpose do I have in this life? What am I doing on a daily basis that will really make a difference, not only in the life of others around me, but in my life as well? Upon this realization, I was able to see that I was such a self-centered individual that it made me sick to my stomach. I mean, I had become just like the very people that I disliked. People who think that the world was made just for them. It, it's sickening. But this prompted me to dig a little deeper and do some research. I mean, I know that as long as we're found with the breath of life in us, we have a chance to repent and turn around. That's the miracle of God's grace, right? But that long, hard look is what it took to wake me up and decide that there really is more to life than what we see in front of us. There is a bigger picture that we are responsible for painting and expressing the beauty that's found in this life. The Bible teaches us to love our neighbor, and we could find that in both the Old and the New Testaments. We could find the golden rule there as well. If we would actually take the time from our busy schedules and read the Bible, I mean, really read the Bible, not just like some book that you had to read for English Lit 101, but really read it as if your very life depends on it, because it does. We could see that it describes the exact way in which we are to live our lives, not only to glorify God, but how to enjoy all that he has created for us to enjoy. Yeshua 
went on preaching all the time that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He went on healing and restoring broken lives. If anyone, anyone at all in existence lived intentional by the very definition of the word, it was Yeshua. He would open up a picture for all to see. That way, the ones who were to understand what he was saying would also see the picture. And to those who were to remain unaware of his message, would remain unaware. Yeshua was driven by a purpose, to restore the fellowship between the Father and his creation. He lived his life here on earth knowing full well what the outcome would be. But that did not deter him. No, it didn't, not from carrying out his duties. All too often I hear, and I might say that I'm guilty of the same. I, I hear, I believe in God. I believe in Messiah. I serve him and I live as he lived. Wait, wait a second. Really? Is this even true? The more I look at Messiah's life, the more I see that there's truly no comparison. We don't even come close to how he lived. Every time he would speak, it would be to teach us and glorify the Father, to direct our attention towards the everlasting Father, blessed be he. He lived a selfless life, always doing for others. He called those who walked with him his brothers, even knowing that one of them would betray him with a kiss. And he never treated any of them indifferently. He also fed the multitude on a budget, and they were all satisfied. And there were even leftovers. He remained faithful even to the cross. Even up to his very last breath, even until now, he still intercedes for us to the Father. So how dare we? How dare we say we follow Messiah when our walk cannot come nowhere close to how he walked? And I believe that for more than four decades, I believe that I was following Messiah in his footsteps. Oh, how wrong I was. It's a twisted way of thinking that we could even say we follow him when in reality he is so far ahead of us that if we continue in this condition, it will be us who are left behind. And no, I don't believe in the rapture. This, this was my wake up call. I became so disgusted with my present condition that I took the first step toward change, which was admitting that I have a problem. And then I had to identify that problem. You know, when you look back, you're able to see how much time you wasted. And it seems like it's too late to do anything about it, right? Well, I'm going to tell you that the only time it would be too late to do anything about anything is the day that they're lowering you down into the ground. That, my friend, is when it's too late. But as long as we have breath, as long as we have the breath of life inside of us, 
We have the opportunity to affect change, to make things better. True, we can never do it alone. And we can do all things through Messiah who strengthens us, as it says in Philippians 4.13. It is only because of God's grace and his mercy that we have the ability to affect the change in our lives that will glorify the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh. So how, I ask myself, would I be able to change the direction of my life when it seems to feel like a train running at full speed as it's approaching the station? And then I'm reminded... Bend your knees. A quote that I heard once in a movie where the person was on a train and had to get off, but the train wouldn't stop. So he asked the other person, how am I going to get off this train? And the other person said, bend your knees as they both jumped off the train. I don't remember the title of the movie, but the quote never left my memory. So the first step toward the change that I wanted to see in my life was admission. The second step was bending my knees, bending my knees in prayer, and not only my knees, but my heart and my whole being. I mean, I had to really humble myself and set aside all of my pride and admit to myself that I could not do this alone. I need God's help in this. I mean, remember, Yeshua prayed really hard in the Garden of Gethsemane that he was sweating blood as he asked the father to take that cup from him. But he added, not my will, but thine be done. King Jimmy reference. Yeshua never sought out to fulfill his own will. He came to do the will of the Father, blessed be he. Herein is another pin in the cushion. Can we live our lives honestly without imposing our will and allowing God's will to reign? You know, at this point, I realized how hypocritical I truly was. I professed to be one thing when in reality I was the complete opposite. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves. I mean, really be honest with ourselves. When we come to know Messiah and you give your life to him, are you really aware of the promise that you're making? Are any of us aware of what we are saying? I never questioned that until I took that long, hard look at my life. And that's when I swallowed the proverbial red pill. That is when I began to want to rethink and relearn everything that I was taught. And that's when finally I wanted to put both my feet down and root myself in him and in his word. After all this time, I was under the impression that I was following Messiah. How blind we could be at times. But the important thing, my friend, is that it wasn't too late. My cousin and I, we're pretty close. And she's seen me in the lowest point in my life. I mean, she knows things about me that no other family member knows, namely my mother. And she would always call me up and ask, what are you doing to be intentional today? What are you grateful for? One thing right now that I'm grateful for is I'm grateful to God that she did ask me those questions. And it's because of her allowing herself to be used by God that made me rethink and want to seek out to be intentional, to set goals for the greater good of the community around me. 
This life we live has nothing to do with us as individuals, but it has everything to do with becoming one with the will of God by becoming one with one another. As Yeshua said in John chapter 17, verse 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This wasn't any ordinary prayer. Not that prayer is ordinary. But in this chapter, we find Yeshua praying to the Father upon entering the final stage of his mission for his brothers, for their protection, for their direction, for the message that they were about to bring to the nations, the Goyim. Throughout this prayer, we can see that Yeshua would give the Father his honor, giving him the glory while acknowledging that he is in complete control. Otherwise, why would he have asked the Father for their protection, right? The reason I brought this chapter of the Bible up is because the Brit Hadashah clearly portrays Yeshua as the son of the living God. And I totally agree with that statement. It also portrays Yeshua as the Messiah. And I also agree with that statement. But throughout the message, I found myself having to read this passage quite a few times. When you stop and read it over and over again, you can see that Yeshua took none of the glory for himself, but rather gave it to its rightful owner, the Father. The life he lived, that we might be saved. The road he walked, the path he paved. Give for tomorrow, live for today. The life he lived, his life he gave. Do we even come close to this? I would dare say no. Can we give our lives up like Yeshua did, willingly, without holding back and without making any excuses? So then how, how could we dare say that we follow Yeshua? I mean, we have no problem accepting the free gift of salvation, right? And we have no problem asking God to forgive us, right? So then why? Why is it that we find it so difficult to give back the one thing that we really never owned to begin with? Our lives. That's right. That breath that resides within us, guess where it came from? Hashem, the Father. That, that is what animates us. It's what makes us alive. As it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. How could I have been so self-centered and think otherwise? But it isn't too late. As long as there is the breath of life in me, I have a chance. As long as you have the breath of life in you, you have a chance. I mean, we all have a chance. We have a chance to be intentional. We have a chance to live as if our lives have a purpose, because it does. We can live and make a difference in someone's life, no matter how insignificant it may seem to us. 
If God commands us to do it, we are to do it. No questions asked. How many of us can count the blessings that we receive from God on a daily basis? Waking up from a good night's sleep is probably the first blessing we receive daily, right? Though not everyone could attest to that. But those of us who can would definitely agree that being alive is a blessing beyond comparison. Without using this for an answer, let me ask you, what would you say is one of your greatest blessings? What are you grateful for and why? How could you be a blessing to someone that you know? Or how could you be a blessing to someone you don't know? Now, this, this inspired me to be more intentional in my living, to be more intentional in my giving, and to count my blessings and become a blessing to others. This, this is how we spread the message of hope, the message of salvation, the message of love. Yeah, we can preach and talk until we run out of saliva and are blue in the face, but the proof is in the pudding. Actions speak louder than words. If each one of us would selflessly make the effort to be a blessing in someone else's life, there's no telling the grandiose positive effect that it could have on humanity. Be the change you want to see happen instead of trying to change everyone else around you. That, my friend, is how we show them the love of the Father. That's how we can pay it forward. Yeshua blessed us. Now we are to bless the world, starting with our neighbor. As Matthew chapter 22, verse 40 reads, On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The first one is, love God above all else. And the second is, love your neighbor as you do yourself. So loving my neighbor is an action of faith as we see in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he hasn't seen. That's from the NASB. I mean, we were created in his image and likeness. And that includes our brother whom we see. He also was created in the exact image and likeness of God. So in essence, loving our brother could be considered loving God. I mean, not that our brother's God, but you know what I mean. Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. It's a key component to being intentional spiritually. It is a conscious choice that you make on how you would like to be treated. And it's been dubbed the golden rule. In this busy life that we're living lately, we seem to have lost touch with the spiritual side of things. As we go about busy chasing our careers and obtaining success by accumulating vain treasures and material wealth, which have no substance other than the status quo. Now, please don't misquote me. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with success and being well off. I mean, I know a person on a personal level, and you could say we grew up together, 
that has used their success to help their fellow man and at the same time spread seeds of the kingdom. And their response to why they help is, it all belongs to God and I have to be a good steward with what he blesses me with. When I heard this, I thought to myself, am I being intentional enough? Do I help out my brother when he needs me? How are you being intentional? In what way do you help out your fellow man? I mean, we're all residents of earth, aren't we? If we show our fellow man that we care, not superficially, but honestly and truthfully, we can infect the world with purpose and drive. Intention. So being intentional is a choice that we have to make. For in doing so, we live out our purpose and we help others see their purpose as well by holding one another accountable for our actions and lack thereof. To live a life with a purpose is to live life to the fullest. To be intentional is to be responsible with what God has given to us as in the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master said to him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
The first two servants were intentional with what was entrusted to them, and they earned their master a nice return. But the third servant was considered wicked because he had no regard for his master's wealth, and because of fear, he failed to do the right thing. But the key takeaway here is that the two servants who were faithful with the little were rewarded with the lot. And the one who failed was cast out into darkness. See, we have to treat everything that is given to us by God in such a manner, just as the first two servants did, by being intentional with their master's money. They were not only rewarded with a lot, but they also earned the trust and respect of their master. Let us learn to live with intention. Let us learn to do good and help one another thereby bringing glory, honor, and praise to our eternal Father, blessed be He, B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. To hear those words spoken by our Master, well done, my good and faithful servant, is why we should be intentional. So, I ask, how are you being intentional? And what are you grateful for today and why? It has been an honor to spend this time with you here. And we would like to thank you once again for all your support, for we could not do any of this alone. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Leave us a comment or send us an email at itstheflatouttruth at gmail.com and follow us on WordPress, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Linktree. If you know someone that might be interested in our podcast, please Share the link with them. Until the next episode, may you have a wonderful week full of blessings and shalom. Shavuot Tov. And may Hashem bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Hashem lift up His countenance to you and give you His peace. Shalom.